The World Cup on off the ball, covering the good, the bad, and well, the ugly of what's happening in Qatar. Neymar can push the ball between your legs because he just sees things. Subscribe to the OTB Football Podcast feed now. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. So to be AM, Michael Verney, good morning to you. That's how we eat. You're eating up this World Cup stuff. I'm not. You haven't seen a minute of it? No, I haven't watched a minute of it, no, to be honest with you. no interest. Just, just doesn't interest me. Uh, I don't know, yeah, I was just chatting Shane off here. I'd much rather keep in tune with the snooker and different mm. bits and pieces. I'm a creature of habit now. This is, I used to love soccer, but just kind of, I just kind of went away from it. I don't know, when it kind of went really commercial or whatever, mm. and it went on Sky probably a lot of it, I just probably stopped watching a lot of it, yeah. Will you watch, like, when it gets to the final, will even curiosity sort of dry in? Or I'll no? probably be somewhere where it'll be on or be around a few boys or something like that. But, uh, I'd like, I haven't watched a minute of it. I have a fair idea of what's going on and... <laughs> Stayed in tune with the drama last night. You only have to go on Twitter to see right. whether the ball was across the line or, wh- or whether <laughs> whether it wasn't. And the angles are fascinating as well. Yeah. Um, should I? Bu- I'm, I'm considering whether I should book off next Monday to go down and celebrate uh, Kilmacu Croke's double header win um, or not. Uh, I tell you, it'd be a fair double if they do do it. The footballers obviously unlikely. Uh, well, the odds would suggest that they were brilliant last Sunday against St Mullins in the hurling, but like they're coming up against the cream of the crop in Ballyhale and a Ballyhale team that has a point to prove and a Ballyhale team that got a nice little wake up call last Sunday because for the first half and even Pat Hoban, the manager said after they were bullied in the middle part of the pitch, and isn't it great to have a stick to beat such a good yeah. team? Such a good team, a team that really has a point to prove. And Ballyhale only need to win one game and hope that Bally Gunner do their thing down in Munster and then it's the, that fascinating rematch in all Ireland club semi-final that, that I, I, I talked earlier on this year about like what sort of club games would get the same coverage as a county game and that would if they meet again like Napiershig and Bally Gunner it'll be an inter-county standard club game and Bally Hale or Madford and you can say Bally Gunner or Madford too yeah, it does seem as if all, all everything points that way. Adrian's disgusted myself and Tommy during the week, Mick, because um, he's a West Meath man. So you think, ah, oh, you support your, even if it's not your local club, you support your county's club who are competing in a provincial championship. But he's blown in to Kilmacud here, and oh, it's a local team now, and he's down there every week. And I'm, a me- I'm literally of a, a member of Kilmacud. You're one of the, what, 10,000 members? Oh, <laughs> I've four, probably blown four, up the members. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> 4, Big super club. club. Adrian loves the, loves the term super club. It's a mighty club. Well, they always say, like, in fairness, the log- it's great having numbers but the logistics involved in controlling those numbers and organising those numbers Crazy. is unbelievable super clubs need super people as well like normal absolutely. clubs like normal clubs do well, um, so tough I'm going to use yeah. that line again because that is absolutely it I, I'm the biggest advocate for everything they're doing down there I have to say the stuff that gets reported about the, the stuff that gets melded into a conversation around like Shane Walsh joining the club and suddenly you've chat about man, you know, they're the Man City of GA and all this stuff I see what's happening on the ground down there and I'm not look I don't know what's happening at the other level I'm not involved in it but I see what's happening at the under sevens and the, the there's 150 uh, kids at that age group going down there and like you say mm. the super people that are involved in driving that stuff ah, yeah, but incredible the, volume of work I agree with you but the, the Man City of under seven under eight teams people doing great work as well but like they are the Man City of no of but Man City have oodles of cash and what I'm saying is like and, and, broke, and, are they? no but at, at seven at, at, at 
uh, nine o'clock, half nine on a Saturday morning when there's 130, well. 40 kids milling around. And there's, it does them a massive disservice to be talking about this nonsense to do with. It's like as if they've got some, they're beg, barn and stealing as many pitches as they can because they don't have room to, it's not like they've got like some floodlit, like super facility, but like it's no different to any other club, just that it's a big population uh, range. So there's a huge uh, number of playing staff there and, and the volunteer effort is off the charts. The facilities is a fascinating one because Cooler would often train in Bray yeah. and Kilmacud could be coming off the pitch when Cooler are coming on the pitch and facilities are obviously very hard come by and the more numbers you have the more traffic on a pitch the more like if you have we'll just say you have 150 kids at under 6 or under 7 like they have to go like 150 is a lot they have to like one pitch is not going to corner a pitch isn't going to suffice for them so there's a lot uh, involved in the logistics of it and just what we said about the double the du- like I'm, we're probably doing the chance of the d- double a disservice the, the footballers are obviously roaring half favourites against the Downs who haven't been in a provincial final in 50 years and Kilmacud are doing back to back but the hurlers were brilliant last week and after being beaten by Clock Balakala last year probably stunned down in Port Leash they beat them pretty comprehensively they beat a St Mullen side to put up to Ballyhale in a final in 2019 beat them pretty comprehensively and their pace is scary they're a young fit athletic side I think the fascinating thing about it is what's probably not talked about with the, with the Shamrocks enough with Ballyhead Shamrocks enough is how fit how strong and mobile they are and that I think in around that middle third I think Ballyhale might eventually eat them up physically just because Kilmacud are, as I said, a mobile side, but there's only a certain amount of times in a game you can get hit mm. before it eventually takes that little steam out of you and you're kind of punch struck a small bit maybe towards the end of a game. But I do expect that to be tight and it's definitely not going to be one way traffic. Adrian Mullen was somebody we was having Shane had on Tuesday and we were chatting to him like a young fella who, your former young player of the year, all star and like has finally blood in him, which I didn't know before we had him on. Oh, yeah, yeah. like uh, obviously a, a serious player, a better chance of winning all Ireland at club level, I would uh, hasten to mm. predict, than he does at county level probably well he has a couple already I think it's mad they were only beating three points in the All-Ireland Final was it three or two even uh, was, was it one uh, one thirty to 226 in the All-Ireland Final and we're totally totally right know, 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 off know, next year but, uh, if I asked you you'd still sell Limerick I, I know I would yeah on Adrian Mullen there's a guy that can literally do everything on the pitch he can play inside he can go deep he can create he can attack he can uh, distribute brilliantly so physical uh, and he's such a great worker and it's like almost the mantle in Ballyhale Shamrocks has been passed probably from Henry to TJ and it's probably slowly passing to Adrian Mullen now as well Uh, like he's only he's only 23 did his cruciate um his young hurler dears he says an all-star this year was in the running for player of the year probably before the final had a quiet final by his standards hit three points but he's yeah he's controlling everything that's good about Ballyhale at the moment and like that's that's some statement to make you know in a forward line that also includes Owen Cody Colin Fenley TJ Reid do you know what I mean and f- as long as Mullen is at that 8 out of 10 and a few other guys chip in at 7 out of 10 they're in pretty good shape most days the, the dual players are, we talk about uh, one difficulty I suppose Kilmacud have is the dual nature of a lot of their uh, you know the fact that you have two teams f- firing on both fronts um, can be a difficult thing for, for clubs to manage I know there's not that much of a crossover maybe in terms of squads but it's still something they have to consider yeah Brian Sheehy's the only one I think this year with Kilmacud I think there was two last year so you have the really unique uh, aspect of Sunday where the games are actually flipped yeah. the hurling was supposed to be second uh, he's a guaranteed starter for the hurlers and will play the whole game if he's, if he's fully fit to play it so he'll play the first game 
Um, hopefully be celebrating from his point of view we'll go and maybe chill out or jump on a bike maybe for 15 or 20 minutes probably not do the warm up with the footballers uh, and then we'll probably come on for the last 10 or 15 minutes as he does normally with the footballers but it is a very it's a difficult uh, balancing act for him it's, it's not something that's ever been done before where a team is, a club has been able to win both codes in the same year I think Port Leash were beaten in the late 80s uh, UCD I think have been in both finals um, Ballyboden have been in both finals and Port Leash but no one has ever won the two of them so imagine the Sunday Brian Sheehy would have and it's, it's, like, it, I have to say it's just uniquely GEA and ah, fair yeah. play for them for, for uh, facil- facilitating that because it could have easily just said yeah well you could, you could say as well Fair play in one way, but should they be on different days? Yeah. But we asked Oshin O'Rourke during the week, who's obviously with the hurlers, and he was kind of happy because the overlap is not that strong. And for a club, it's someday for Kilmacud to be going to Crow Park yeah. for two provincial finals on Sunday, and it'd be just be extra special for Brian Sheet if they win the two of them. That goal that they got against the Mullins with that Roner Hayes drive down the middle, and it's easier probably for him in a lot of ways just to tap that over the bar. But he goes for the jugular. They're going to need to go for the jugular a lot if they're going to come out on the right side, aren't they? Yeah, and I think the. Probably the intriguing and promising point of view thing from a Kilmacud point of view is the amount of goal chances they created and the amount of goal chances that Ballyhale threw up mm. against uh, Nace. They could have had they could have been well behind fifteen or twenty minutes in, and they probably had to thank Dean Mason for two really good uh, two really good saves, and they could have been very far behind. But they were a bit startled in that opening opening period against Nace, and I don't expect that to be the case on Sunday. You know, when a team gets a wake up call. And the next day, it's like they're the one giving the wake-up call to the other team, and they're the one forcing the physicality. But from a Ronan Hayes point of view and a Kilmacud point of view, love breaking the line, love creating goal chances. Like he was stone mad for goals the last day. He had no interest in tapping the ball over the bar. Every time he got the ball, he was racing down the middle. Uh, I don't expect there to be big channels of space for him to run down. But when they get those couple of chances, they're definitely going to have to take them. They also have Alex Constantine back, who is suspended from the county finals. He missed two games. He's going to be back. And I imagine he comes straight into the full forward line as well. This might sound like a ridiculous, might sound like a ridiculous thing to say, but I mean, are there any weaknesses in the... Oh, there there aren't too many weaknesses and if you look at nearly every player has got county experience as well um, the defence definitely looked a bit shaky last day so I definitely would say that that's something that Kilmacud would go after and Kilmacud put up big scores and they create goal chances so uh, probably creating chances and taking them early that's where you're looking at there was definitely a few openings left by the Ballyhale defence last day and Kilmacud will definitely be looking to exploit them yeah, but Ballyhale get it done is what you're saying ultimately. Uh, yeah, I think I actually think Ballyhale will be the ones that force the issue early, and I wouldn't be a bit <laughs> surprised to see Colin Fenley hit the net once or twice in the first ten or fifteen minutes, and for them just to have them at arm's length throughout, like by arm's length, I'm talking five or six. Okay. In the second game, then Croaks against the Downs from Westmeath and another man we had on uh, recently, Luke Lachlan, um, chatting about his amazing journey over the last few years. But uh, he and he wasn't always a starter for Westmeath this year, but a big impact player at times during the, that obviously Talton run and clearly belongs at that level. He, man of the match in the Ritholt game and uh, kicked five points. And if the Downs are to win, he's a player that probably needs to be man of the match again oh without a doubt Jay. he's kicking four or five from play every day mm-hmm. and uh, his story is fascinating because you know he, he's talking openly about you know playing games or losing a game and you know just kind of disappearing off the face of the earth for two months mm-hmm. but I was just chatting to Niall Mitchell his, his forward colleague and teammate during the week and he just said you, you can see in him how happy he is at the moment and you can see even in his, in his style of play that he's not uh, you know most really good forwards I suppose have a selfish streak to them in a way but He's taken on the shots when the shots there to be taken on. He's a creator uh, when it's there to be created. Um, 
and he's going he's going to but he's going to have to be it's a really fascinating one on Sunday so the Downs have kicked an average of 20 points per game and Kilma could concede like so little I think yeah. it was 112 to 4 points against Port Harrington it's funny enough for a team that has like Shane Walsh in the ranks and obviously Paul Mannion when he's fit they don't shoot oh. the lights out they don't need to uh, and they really go after your kick out and they go after the Downs kick out as well uh, on Sunday as well the Downs were in uh, same as Tour de Strand actually Tour de Strand were in a provincial final 40 years ago were beaten there in the, in the Connacht final at the weekend the Downs were in the final in 1972 and obviously haven't been back there since and the the funny one about a lot of the provincial finals this weekend, there is like a red hot favourite in one corner. Apart from the Schlock Neil and Dunloy game, there's a really strong favourite. The Downs are massive underdogs, and they've hit twenty points per game. Like they'd be doing well to get ten or eleven on the board at the like that would be a good tally, and that would give them a chance of winning the game. But and as you say, like maybe Crokes don't score an awful lot more, and maybe that's the that's the that's the kind that's the sort of game that they'll need. But like Craig Diaz is in crazy form out around the middle of the field like he's literally controlling games uh, and I know Paul Mannion is missing but they still have the likes of Dara Mullen up there Shane Cunningham Shane Horn, and obviously Shane Walsh as well um, probably expect Dara Egerton who's uh, more renowned as a hurler same as Niall Mitchell is actually probably to pick up Shane Walsh yeah. and obviously he's going to have to keep him quiet but again if you're just focusing on man marking duties with him it opens doors and space for other guys and there's plenty more guys to yes. take up yeah he, but he just he just he's controlling games midfield if yeah. anything he, he got called back under Desi a couple of years ago and played uh, he played a couple of games like he's we chatted to him not too long ago as well and he's like he's in the form of his life at the moment mm. I don't know if he if he's his home situation will allow him to go in I think he has a, a, a small kid at home but he's literally a guy that you would be probably well, looking I, at I've for counting I've been at a couple of games of Crooks recently what you can't under, I mean I know it's Dublin so they're a different benchmark than most of the teams in the country but the way he dominates games and like he's not afraid to get up and try for a score or take a score he's scored a couple of goals uh, remarkable that he's, he hasn't played more for Dublin over the last eight or nine years uh, it probably is yeah because as you say I, I do think he's in the best form of his life at the moment yeah um, and it's never too late uh, it's never too late if you're in form it's never too late so it'd be interesting to see it would be his third time back in with Dublin if, if he was called back in but the fascinating thing about Crokes is uh, and I know they were beaten in the club final last year with that, that last minute goal but their ability to strangle you and suffocate you Kula had them on the rocks in a quarter final it just choked them out in the last 10 or 15 minutes uh, like a good lad put a, put a sleeper hole in or something Shane the last 5 or 10 minutes well, there's the, comments the coming rocks. in yeah. Nick on your, on your top people suggesting it's the rock oh it is yeah yeah, 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 oh, fair yeah. Enough. The, yeah, yeah. good old Brahma Bull symbol yeah yeah Stick yeah with the sleeper theme of course <laughs> um, I don't want this to sound disrespectful to the other teams in the Leinster Club Football Championship but do Kevin McCloud have a tougher in, within county like when they play the Dublin Senior Championship is that a much tougher test for them than when they get to the provincial level yeah well you could probably say the same even when Vincent's were on a run and even when Ballymun got all the way to the All-Ireland final as well and even like when Burr were on top back in the 90s like Burr won a club All-Ireland in 95 having won a playoff against Rhinus to qualify for a quarter final that can often that can often be the case and same with Kilku mm. Warren Point and I think it was Warren Point and Burn absolutely ran them to an inch of their life now they're in a provincial final and are probably favourites to win All-Ireland outside of Kilmacud so that's often the case uh, and once you get uh, it's almost like once you get that over that first little hump, the pr- not the pressure is off, but you can kind of get into a bit of a rhythm. And Kilmacud are definitely in a rhythm now. Like they were as good as they've been uh, over the past couple of years against Port Harrington at semi final. Just a word as well on Morris Deegan. He's refereeing at the weekend. I think that's his last. It's going to be his last big gig because right. he's hit the fifty mark. And once he hit the fifty mark, um, 
You basically have to retire from inter-county refereeing. Well, I tell you what, because I was chatting John Keenan recently, did a piece with him in the Independent last week. He's 49, and to me, uh, he's coming into his prime as a referee, and he was a referee that brilliant Munster final last year. But next year is going to be his last year because he's 50. So I don't understand. I don't know. Is it is it ageist? I think it is. Fifty is yeah. young. Now. Well, like I tell you what he said. The way John put it to me was, if I'm still hitting my metrics at fifty three or fifty four, yeah. I don't think it really matters. Mm. Like because exactly, yeah. Like what's fitness the a- test. Yeah. Yeah. fitness test. Yeah. What's the average age for retirement at Intercounty? We'll just say it's thirty one. That's not to say that someone can't be still playing in their forty under forty like Tony Brown was. Mm. There are outliers in every category. I just find it funny that with the shortage of referees that were actually pushing some of the top referees out like the door. If it, what was 50 20 years ago now totally, feels like yeah. it might be 55 now. Like totally, yeah. With everybody's a kind of a lads that are involved at inter-county be it refereeing or playing they're kind of gym bunnies now as well they look after themselves a lot better they eat a lot better. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So I, I would agree with Jen I think that should be taken on a case-by-case basis when if somebody wants to leave a 50 fine mm. but if they're coming into their prime like I think a John Keenan is like I'd, I'd be holding on to him as long as he possibly mm. could. When you're speaking of age there, I think what you mentioned Niall Mitchell, I think it was him that was speaking during the week about the average age of the Crokes team being 26, 27, fairly prime age, and the Downs that little bit older. Now, a bit of experience there as well, but that, that's fairly significant that the Kilmacud team, they're not only dangerous, but in their prime. Yeah, and season, Shane, I think yeah. as well, yeah. Um, and it's just, I think that bit of experience when it comes to closing out games, there's no better team to close out a game than Kilmacud Crokes mm. at the moment. And the Downs will have to be ahead and trying to hold on I'd say and I just I just can't see them getting the scores that are that are needed. Like Luke Lockton is flying, Niall Mitchell is flying. Like the shots that they're the chances they're gonna get are gonna be under so much pressure on Sunday in comparison to what they've probably met to this point. Um and like of all the of all the certainties at the weekend they definitely would have the Kilmerco Crocs footballers as the greatest certainty of them all at the weekend. And that's not doing disrespect to the downs, it's just it's just the you know, the facts of the matter. It's funny how we mentioned like all the talkers of Shane Walsh and the scoring and the, the fact that he could be outside the scoring zone and, and pick off points uh, galore but it was one of the players pointing out this week that he gives everyone else in the Kilmacud Crokes forward line space to do damage themselves which you kind of forget about sometimes Yeah, well when you have a player like that people often say oh if we can keep him out of the game or whatever but then he gets smart and he starts like just disappearing out of the forward line and all of a sudden there's only five I don't know how you keep him out of a game I honestly watched him play at, <laughs> yeah, no, I know at, that too, at the yeah. Dublin final you talk about keeping out of the game he's back in the, the Crokes full back line a lot of the time, helping out, digging out, like yeah. getting stuck into the hard work. I honestly, I, that sounds like a, such a naive comment. I don't know how you keep him out of a game. Uh, it is very, it's very difficult. You have to have uh, a miserable fella who has no interest in touching the ball. <laughs> yeah. You actually do. Like yeah. you have to have somebody that does not probably want to be involved in the play, yeah. and it will just be like. I don't care. Like I was chatting with Chrissy McCaig during the week and he said uh, some of the best games he's ever had he hasn't actually touched the ball. <laughs> uh, but you have to be like so tunnel vision yeah, on yeah. that. Um, but as I said, Walsh, it's amazing how whatever about Walsh's genius and being able to kick scores, it's amazing how He's actually like talking on the field and like dictating affairs like a lad that's been playing with him for 10 years. He's literally like bringing all his experience. I don't know if he came straight in and was like, I'd say he got to learn the plays very quickly and then was like, you know, I'm an experienced player here. I'm going to control mm. things. If you're down at pitch level, Adrian, you can actually hear him. You can actually yeah. hear him dictating and telling lads where to go. And listen, that's a great sign. And maybe that's why he was carried shoulder high when he came into the club. When he came yeah, into the yeah. Argon clubhouse that I night. Was in, I was in that clubhouse the next morning, uh, dropping a kid off to crash, and the aftermath was real. Um, <laughs> we've Dennis Ryan in contact on YouTube saying, Vernie, not just a poet, but the greatest hairstyle in sports journalism. 
I don't. Let's I have that. to look at it there. Yeah, it's uh, it's probably a trim needed now before Christmas. To be fair, I'll leave it. Yeah, you can keep yours out. Also, um, bum 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 bum. Somebody saying that you're a ringer for Surge from Kasabian. Oh, I think we've a shot of. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Is that good or bad? That's good. That's, That's good. And to Paul Galvin is the one I often get. Yeah, yeah, I actually yeah, yeah. dressed up as him for Halloween one <laughs> A long time ago, before I got Here's into this game. We need to see. <laughs> Mick, thanks for enjoying the games over the weekend. Cheers, Cheers gents. Surely will. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.